This is the Negotiate X podcast, show number 13. Here's my offer. You need to take this. So somebody offers me an amount. I think it's it's low. At first, I might reframe it to interest. Okay. Let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Negotiate X Radio, helping you elevate your influence through purposeful negotiations. If you're here looking to learn about how to become a better negotiator in both business and life, then you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the others who have benefited from NegotiateX.com, your home for negotiations training and consulting online. Welcome to the Negotiate X Podcast. I am your co-host, Nolan Martin. And with me today is my good friend, the professor extraordinaire, Aram Denisian. Aram, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a good summer. Uh, we're in those later days of summer. I, I wouldn't mind a little bit more sunshine and heat up here in New Hampshire. I'd like to see my garden growing a little better. Yeah, well, uh, I get to spend a, a lot more time as as DC's opening up. We went to the Ford House or Ford Theater and and saw that. I hadn't seen that since I was a kid. So definitely getting out and get to see DC, which is a lot of fun. I'm really excited, though, as always, is that we get a another response from one of our listeners. And they had a question. It sounded like, I'm trying to to paraphrase here, but it sounded like, they were approached with an ultimatum and it sounded like it was a little bit later in the negotiation process. So it wasn't right up front. However, I think it'd be interesting to address, you know, what happens in a negotiation up front if you're served with an ultimatum and what happens, all right, if it's later on in the path and you're hopefully getting closer to working out a deal. So we'd like to talk about that today. People need to understand that ultimatum is also can be looked at as the take it or leave it uh, approach or the demands and threats. I think we can classify all of those as ultimatums just to kind of frame this up. So, Aram, over to you. What would we do if you are encountered with a ultimatum that seems like it kind of came out from nowhere? It's funny that you find this exciting because I don't I don't know anyone who's excited about about trying to you know deal with an ultimatum when it comes across the table i think i just like throwing you in like awkward positions where you have to explain like oh this is the tactical approach of how i would handle this and it's probably something that the majority of us don't necessarily encounter all the time so i i always like putting you in in kind of that position to yeah to give us some good advice well, I'll try, I'll do my best to do that. Uh, <laughs> let let me note too that it's all it's always interesting to me that it's always someone else who's delivering the ultimatum. It's never us to, delivering the ultimatum. Yeah, what's, what's, uh, what's with that? Yeah, we're never we're never the problem. We're never the ones doing it. <laughs> I mean, I think you defined what it is really well, right? Somebody is telling us to kind of you know this is my position. If you don't like it, I'm going elsewhere. And probably there's you know what's kind of embedded in there is the ability to enforce some sort of like pressure to on, on you to act. And there's also some sort of leverage that I can walk away. So that's going on in the background. The first thing I would do is I'm not going to react and I'm going to try to uncover the source of where's this coming from. Yeah, because it seems like it, it kind of came out of left field. It wasn't anticipated. So I am assuming that this is kind of tied to emotions, which we've already talked about previously, but maybe we can unpack that here a little bit more. 
Yeah, so that's certainly one source is kind of the emotional or relational source is that because of what's happening in this negotiation, again, if we're in the later parts, the stages, is it something that has occurred so they are frustrated with us, they're frustrated with the negotiation, the way that the outcome. So we, we right, or, or maybe they're under greater pressure internally in their own organization because, again, the timeline and they're under, under certain pressures, budgetary constraints, whatever. And so maybe that's creating the dynamic. And that pressure, that frustration creates an emotional response, which really says, and, 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 you know, so if that's the case, then we need to be able to be aware of that and, and deal with that. So that could be one source. But then how do we address it, right? Like if they're being super emotional, I mean, I feel obviously... We need to understand where it's coming from, but but where do, how do we address it? Yeah, so I th- I think patience. I mean, be be relational. Seek to understand. Ask questions as this comes out. You know, don't just say you understand, but demonstrate true empathy. Right, get down in the trenches with them and try to see and feel the pressure that is occurring for them that's that's kind of causing this emotional response that that is coming out at the surface level it's coming out as take it or leave it connect with them on that kind of deeper plane through practicing you know genuine you know empathy and connection it's rarely helpful to say i understand but i think you should be really clear about what you understand where they're at and then it's an and. And I think we can do some other things. And I think there's another way to, to continue to resolve this. There's with empathy, there's always a cognitive component. What are the, you know, do I understand the words coming out of your mouth? There's an effective component. Do am I have I connected? Have I demonstrated that that I actually do understand? And and I am truly empathetic, not just sympathetic, but empathetic with what's what's occurring for you. So that's one source. I, you know, I think it's worth kind of considering where else this kind of take it or leave it thing might be coming from. All right. So if, if emotion is is one of the sources, what's kind of another source of, of where this could be coming from? Yeah. So procedural would be the other one. Is it is it a process? Is it because there's been a breakdown? Because we have framed the negotiation at some point, probably unintentionally, as something that's more competitive. Are they defaulting to a more competitive framework? Is this how they think they close the deal if it's in the later stages of negotiation? Is this just how you they think they should negotiate if it's in the earlier stages, right? Is it so I, I would look to see is it just a breakdown in process? Okay, so let's first take all right. This happens, this comes in at the beginning of the process. We've identified it's not necessarily emotional. We think that it is procedural, that this, you know, they believe that this is the way to negotiate is just giving you ultimatum. So what do you do when it's at the beginning of the the negotiation? So I, I would negotiate how we're going to negotiate. I would get really intentional with making sure we're we're both aware the costs or the consequences of negotiating in this way. I think some people, especially when we're dealing with kind of adult learners and adults in general, they have to have what's called a disorienting dilemma. So you have to say, if I were to respond right with the same ultimatum, okay, or a similar ultimatum, where would that get us? And is that where we want to be? And for many people, just that simple sort of engagement is going to help them see there's, this process isn't, isn't very effective. Well, I think that's definitely eye-opening as I kind of thought through that of, of reframing that. I think it's definitely powerful. So, all right. Now, what does that do for us though, right? If we address it early, I feel like that is going to 
make sure that we also set the precedence for the rest of the negotiation. Is that correct? Yeah, that's that's correct. And I and, and and you know, I'm always aware of the precedent I'm setting both for this negotiation with this person, for future negotiations with this person, and for future negotiations with others. And and I don't want to necessarily create a bad precedent for myself by by rewarding bad behavior. Now let's now let's reframe this. So the ultimatum is coming towards the end of the negotiation process. You think that you're going to be reaching some sort of agreement. Is, is the way that you think about this or address this, is that different if you're kind of wrapping it up? Yeah, I think, I mean, to me, it's still just as interesting to uncover the source of it, particularly if we are 99% through and all of a sudden this sort of behavior, you know, rears its ugly head. So I still would you know, try to uncover and understand it. I'm also going to weigh the costs for myself for how much do I want to invest in, in dealing with this? If this is an issue and again, we've, we were 99% through the negotiation. This is an issue that I don't care a whole lot about. This may be a place, I, I hate the word concessions, but maybe this is a place where I just concede. I just ignore it. I just say, fine, let's just go with it because we're there. Certainly still aware of the, the precedent that I'm potentially creating, but this may be a place just to say, great, let's, we'll, I'll take that, let's move on and let's wrap this up. So the timing does impact the way I think about how I handle this. Well, I think uh, during our pre-call, we had kind of talked about, you know, the take it or leave it, that you basically can break these down into two different avenues to take during the negotiation, two different ways to reframe this problem. So I don't know if it's good for us to start talking about that now. Or- yeah, I think it is. So I, I think it is helpful to say, if it if it makes sense to engage, and I've done a good job of trying to figure out is this more emotionally based, is this more procedurally based, then this idea of reframing comes into play. And I can reframe around both parts of that ultimatum, right? The take it part, we can do some reframing there. The leave it part, we can do some reframing there. All right. I want to provide kind of an example here that just came to mind. So Let's say that you are about to take a vice president position at some company and you're hit with an ultimatum being a salary. Now, let's say that, you know, they offer you 85000 but you believe that that, you know, is, is not appropriate. So, but you're getting hit with the ultimatum, hey, take it or leave it. So how would we address that? Sure. And, I, and, and so we, we'll do this in the context. I think that's a good a good setup. We can certainly do it in the context of a salary. You could do this in the context of a, you know a supplier relationship. You could do this in the context of you know any really any other client sort of services relationship. Anywhere where there you know I can we can imagine kind of here's my offer. You need to take this. So somebody offers me an amount. I think it's it's low. At first, I might reframe it to interest. Okay. Let's talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) So if I were to reframe it to interest, I might ask, uh, why is that a good number for you? Why do you think that would be a good number for me? If I accept that number, what what does that allow us to do or allow you to do? Help me understand some of your other concerns. So I would dig into what are the motivations for kind of making that particular offer. Now, is this where the... The anchoring, is this is this kind of where this comes into place, identifying like how they're coming up with that with that number? Yes. And so anchoring does tie a little bit maybe to their motivations. I think anchoring does a little more around the standard, the legitimacy of it. That's where I would go kind of next is why is that number fair? So based on what standard, you know, how did you come up with that? Because as I looked at comparables, 
you know, where there are comparables for salaries. But as I looked at comparables, I, I was in a different range, right? I was, I was between X and Y, and we seem to be well below X. So that I would say the anchoring piece a lot of times to me is around standards and fairness, uh, maybe a little less around what their motivations are. What are they trying to achieve? Is it a budgetary issue? Is it because they're trying to bring other people onto the team? Is it because whatever? The other place I would reframe this too is I think, and, it, and it's a nice tie to acknowledging what they've said is I, I would reframe it to options. I would say that is a fixed salary at 85 or whatever it is, is one option. And I'm also wondering what else we might explore. Could we brainstorm some other possibilities around other perks, shares of stock, time off, flexible work schedule, parking, whatever it might be, you know, corporate car. Are there other, other things that we could discuss in addition to just a fixed salary? So that, that's another way to reframe it to this discussion around options. Okay. And then, so let's assume that that's, you know, you get what you need to out of that. All right. So now it's back up and now you don't get what you need to you have the leave it option. Let's let's explore that. Yeah. So I could imagine in that case, you know, there, there's a subtle, maybe a subtle hint that you're not the only person we're looking at for this promotion or this position or whatever. Maybe there's some others that feels very threatening. That's the sort of leave it. Um, maybe put a little a little less direct. And again, I think you can reframe and I say when somebody presents that part of the argument to us it's a real opportunity to learn and say, I know you could do that. And, and before you do, it would really help me to understand, you know, why you think someone else might be better suited or better, a better fit for this position with the direction you want to go. Help me understand that. So that's really a tie into understanding interests based on their sharing of an, an alternative and their, their kind of sharing of that you know, or leave it because I'm going to go elsewhere. Yeah, I guess it's the, at that point, you know, you explore their interests, you're either aligned or you're not. And um, if you don't like what you hear, then hopefully you evaluate your BATNA and decide, all right, is it, am I actually going to walk away from this as a last ditch approach? Is that, is that accurate? Yes, yeah, so I would, I always would, you know, make sure I'm refining and considering my, my BATNA and, and what I can do is if I, if I don't reach an agreement, if it doesn't work to reframe it to interest, if you can't under, uncover more about why they think one of their BATNAs, uh, why their alternatives are better than, you know, keeping you on at a potentially, you know, higher compensation package. I would also reframe to options. And I would, again, acknowledge, yes, you can certainly go with someone else. And I'm also wondering if there's things we haven't yet considered creatively that we might do together. That would be kind of the reframing to uh, the options piece from alternatives. And then I think I would also go to the standards piece that you talked about and just say, you know, what are the criteria that we are looking at as we consider this this arrangement between the two of us and how does that apply or not apply as you consider other folks you may offer something else too and is you know if i'm coming internally within the company whether i'm coming externally whether my you know my my background and subject matter expertise all those things are different standards we can point to time that in the in in this particular industry or in this sort of work do your alternatives match up in a fair sort of way as you were considering that and should we maybe have a discussion around what's really you know reasonable with regards to evaluating 
what we're talking about working between us and what you're talking about going with someone else. I think uh, I think that's a great conclusion to the discussion. So with that, this is a podcast that is all about elevating your influence through purposeful negotiation. So I'd love to give our listeners a few action items to help them become better negotiators when they encounter an ultimatum. So Aaron, with that, what do you have for them? Yeah, first of all, identify where this is coming from. Second of all, really consider what you consider your own choice. Is it worth continuing to sit at the table? What's the value in it versus going elsewhere? That's where the, you know, want to refine my my walk away, my batna. And the third thing is be patient when you're reframing. We made it sound incredibly simple. It's it's not just one or two statements. It's often really deliberate, intentional practice with reframing to motivations or other possibilities or fair standards of legitimacy. It, it takes a lot of work to do. So be patient as you as you do that to achieve better results. Yeah. So I think the biggest takeaway that kind of stuck with me for this podcast is the disorienting dilemma is that what we're calling it yeah that is, seems incredibly powerful it seems like it definitely worked as, as i thought through it so take that approach you know let's reframe it if someone gives you a ultimatum then you can counter with all right if i were to also give an ultimatum here is that going to be beneficial for us to reach our desired outcome i think that's pretty powerful my last takeaway is for everyone listening to this do me a favor share this with one colleague or or peer or or what have you that would benefit from understanding how to be a better negotiator. I know that the podcast is growing. We greatly appreciate it. It's a lot of fun standing up here. So we just want to keep putting this content in front of the people who need it most. So if you have a question that you would like for us to address in future episodes, you can do that by heading to, or excuse me, sending an email to team at negotiatex.com. We have a prep tool on the website. You can go to negotiatex.com slash prep. And you can get that tool that's going to help you with all your future negotiations. We are excited to announce that we are working on a backstage pass for NegotiateX. More of that to come in the future. I don't want to, to spill the beans now. But, you know, we have a blast with this all the time. So with that, that completes this episode. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to NegotiateX Radio helping you elevate your influence through purposeful negotiations. If you're here looking to learn about how to become a better negotiator in both business and life, then you're in the right place. Be sure to join the others who have benefited from NegotiateX.com, your home for negotiations training and consulting online.